Welcome into another edition of Camp Notes on Word on the Street. I'm Tony Lombardi. Camp Notes brought to you by Panacea Life Sciences. Discover the healing power of CBD products. Shop at PanaceaLife.com. Use code RSR at checkout and get a 30% discount. That's PanaceaLife.com. P-A-N-A-C-E-A Life.com. Today, I'm joined on Camp Notes by Nikhil Mehta. And soon, we'll be joined by Darren Can. Back-to-back-to-back to back to back scorchers out there, Nikhil. How fresh yeah, was, How fresh another, I was looking. You know, I think today was definitely a little sloppier practice in general than, than yesterday. Uh, I think well, That's interesting I, that you say that because I was going to ask you about that because Harbaugh at the podium, and I quote, sharpest practice over the year. Yeah, you know, it's funny that he said that because a couple of us noted that – a couple of us noticed that he said that as well because um, – and again, you know, who knows what the coaches are specifically looking for in these practice, but it, it just, it did seem that in, um, in, in some of the team drills that uh, not every single player was as dialed in as, as I felt like they were yesterday. Um, that could be a product of not having a break like they did yesterday. They had an extended water break yesterday. Didn't get one today. They just ended practice 10 minutes early because Justin Tucker hit a 46 yarder, uh, which got a big cheer from everyone that practice got to end a little early. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least from from what I could tell, um, not as many uh, not as many not as many big plays as we had yesterday. Fewer fewer highlights, um, and so I think the first half of practice was definitely a lot sharper than the second. I think the second was maybe where the fatigue and the heat set in a little bit. Let's talk about the guys who are missing today. Uh, I know that Tyler Linderbaum was out. And we'll we'll talk about him in a second, and I believe Brandon Stevens is dealing with a, a soft tissue issue mm-hmm. and. Uh, Bateman also precautionary set out. Anybody else of note? Um, you know, the uh, Devin Duvernay wasn't on the field, uh, you know, but uh, Coach Harbaugh did say that he could have gone today or even yesterday with that thigh bruise, but they figured, you know, with the wide receiver, well, proven group or even, you know, semi-proven group as thin as it is, um, you know, might as well let some of these newer guys just get a bunch more reps and, and hold Duvernay out for another day. Um, so I expect to see Duvernay back pretty soon, if, if not tomorrow, then certainly the next day, based on what Harbaugh said. Um, no other notable absences. Um, pretty much saw almost all the veterans on the field. Uh, Josh Bynes, Justin Houston looked really good. Um, and uh, uh Try to think of who else was uh, who else any any other notable absences. I don't think there were many other notable absences other than that, honestly. Okay, Linderbaum is we learned today is going to be out for one to two weeks. Did anybody? I know that Harbaugh didn't say anything, at least from what I could tell or saw. But any buzz about what the injury is? I know they said lower leg, but is there any more specific? Uh, any more specific to that? Yeah, no, no more specifics. Uh, I think he hadn't. I think he had, or will have an MRI today, um, and then they'll kind of know if it's a if it's a major issue, if it's something that's just kind of minor that's going to hold him out for a couple of weeks. But you know, I think the other thing is they're they're going to they're going to be cautious all the way, especially with guys like Bateman, guys like Litterbaum that you need on the field every game this season as much as you can. Um, they're going to be cautious with them in the preseason. They've sent that message pretty clearly this whole time. They feel like the that they have a lot of depth that they want to get a good look at anyway. And so, you know, Bateman, who, when he's on the practice field, just looks like kind of a different species than the rest of receivers. Um, You know, yeah, you can always use the reps and always build the chemistry with Lamar, but to be honest, he doesn't need it as much as some of the other guys do. Um, Linderbaum, obviously you just want out there. You want him getting integrated in the line. Um, Although, you know, everyone's been pretty, pretty high praise for, for Linderbaum so far. 
you know, with Linda Baum, are you concerned at all that, you know, if, he, if it's going to be two weeks and John Harbaugh's history, if he says one, maybe two weeks, I'm always looking at the outside date because he's usually a lot more optimistic about these injuries, at least publicly. He may have a different spin on things privately. So I'm going to assume that he's going to, that, that Tyler's going to miss two weeks. That means he's probably going to miss two games. Two weeks from today would put him on, on August 19th. They, their second preseason game is in Arizona against the Cardinals on the 21st. That's a Sunday night game, I believe. Mm-hmm. So he misses two games. Okay, he's ready for the last preseason game against the Commanders. But does that concern you at all for that position? You know, if it was someone not named Tyler Linderbaum, I think it would. If it was a rookie center not named Tyler Linderbaum. Um, but the, the way that he played in, in college, you can tell that he was the leader of that line and he knew, you know, what he was supposed to do on every play. So I think scheme-wise, learning the playbook, I'm not super worried about those things. I do want him to get more reps against Michael Pierce and Travis Jones. I mean, that's the, you know, that's still the big question about Linderbaum is can he, can he match up against some of these really beefy nose tackles? And we've got two of them. And so I think I'm actually more worried about him missing the couple weeks of, of matching up against them in practice specifically versus just playing generally. Obviously you want him to play in the preseason, but um, at the same time, I would much rather he sit out these preseason games and, and, and not get close to, you know, an actual injury. I think the, I think he did have his MRI today. Um, and it seems like there wasn't anything significant. It seems like it's just kind of a basic, you know, it got banged up, got stepped on. And instead of rushing him back and putting him in position to get stepped on again, I think they're just going to leave him on the sidelines for until they're completely certain. Makes sense. And we're, we're just all jaded in Baltimore after the injuries from last season. Oh yeah. Yeah, there is that sense of, and luckily there was no, uh, there were no, no one went down today, but there is that sense of, you know, anytime someone's on the ground for more than a couple seconds, you're like, oh God, what now? Right. And, uh, you know, they got out of, they got out of today healthy. I think that's going to be one, you know, one of my bigger takeaways throughout camp is going to be, you know, just can they get out of practices day in, day out healthy? You know, yeah, you're going to have some guys who are missing here and there. Um, you know, Bateman has a nagging injury. Uh, someone else has a soft tissue. Uh, Spread Stevens is soft tissue. Um, you know, you're going to have those, but you're not, you're not seeing any brutal injuries, um, you know, with the same frequency as you did last year. Obviously, the Vince Beagle loss is a, is, I think people don't realize it's a big one than we think, bigger one than we think. I thought he brought a lot of energy to the team. I, I thought that he's a guy that could fill, he, he's sort of like a Swiss Army that could fill a lot of different roles across that linebacker front. And, and I expected him to be a big contributor on special teams. So I agree with you. I think that is a big loss. Now, I wanted to ask your thoughts on, on football shape because, you know, they're out there, they're doing their thing. Some practices are more physical than others. Did they have shells on today? Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, you, are you talking about the helmets or shells pads? Just the pads because they had the lighter pads on today, right? Oh, yeah. They had the lighter pads on. Okay. So – so they really haven't had any tackling yet. The first real tackling, my guess that they'll have, is next Thursday against the Titans. And here's my concern, and I don't know if you shared or not, but I'm interested in your thoughts. My concern is this, is that they haven't had any tackling. When you see preseason games, you've got guys that are on the bubble that are fighting for their careers, and they're running around like their heads are on fire. And then you have other guys 
that are not really going at it 110% because they may be veterans. They may be guys that they already know what their role is going to be. They already have contracts and, and they just look to preserve their bodies and get in the so-called football shape. But football shape to me is getting used to that blunt force trauma from, you know, running into other guys and they're not doing that right now. And when they do that in the, in the first game, guys that miss that, I think it affects them in the season. And that, that's one of my concerns with Linderbaum and guys who miss time. Your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I, I think the Ravens are, they're a funny team. I think they're really sneaky. Um, I think that they, yeah, they have last year's, you know, injuries as cover for them to, you know, not put as many, you know, not have padded practices, not put their guys in contact, full contact situations in practice, which I think is smart. Um, I also think it's, it is a reaction to last year. Um, I think the other thing is it gives them a chance to see, okay, here are the guys who, when they come to practice, they do really well. They do X, Y, and Z really well. And then when we put it into a game, and this was kind of the theme from T Martin today during the presser is it's all about execution. And, you know, like you say, absorbing that, absorbing that pain, that punishment, every play making tackles that to me is like part of the execution side of football. And I think that, you know, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but it wouldn't shock me if they're like, Hey, let's, you know, we take it easy with the pads. Let's not beat each other up. Let's not rack up injuries in the preseason. Um, and it's also going to force players to in that first preseason game, the ones who are on the bubble to really say, okay, that was practice, no pads. I got to come and, you know, come play football, fully padded football today. I think that's something that's going to be big for the wide receivers playing through contact um, and things like that for some of the taller guys who that's what they're there for. Um, and I think it's, I think it's kind of a sneaky way. And again, I don't know if it's intentional, but I do think it's kind of a sneaky way to see, okay, here's what you can do on the practice field. You might be a training camp standout, but prove to me that in games you can translate, you know, the technique and the skill that you show in training camp, prove to me that you can translate it onto the field and actually giving players, I guess, a little bit more of an opportunity to show what they can do, um, kind of showing their own growth from practice to games. I think it goes back to 2012, Nikhil, when, could have been 2013, but one of those two years when Tandon Doss was in town, he was having a really good camp. And the reporters were asking the offensive coordinator, and it had to be 2012 because Cam wasn't there in 2013. They were asking offensive coordinator Cam Cameron about Tandon Doss's progress and, and, and what he thought of, of how he was playing. And Cam Cameron said something that I'll never forget, and I remember it. Uh, you know, I, I seem to apply it to these kinds of things that you're just discussing. And that is, he didn't compliment Tannen Doss. He said, let's see what happens when we introduce the threat of contact. And I just thought that that, to me, that hung in the air, like, and it still resonates with me because guys are out there in t-shirts and, and shorts and helmets and running around catching the ball, knowing they're not going to get hit sometimes behave differently when that threat of contact is introduced. Now, with all that said, uh, I want to come back to something that you just mentioned a, a few minutes ago, and that is Rashad Bateman looking like mm -hmm. a different species out there than the other guys at receiver. I, I agree with you. And just so that listeners can put this in perspective, Marquise Brown was also the number one pick, drafted almost in the same slot as Rashad Bateman. few picks before. Even, yeah, but I just I, I never saw Marquise Brown 
look, he always looked fast, but he never looked like a standout guy the way Rashad Bateman does. Yeah. So, and this was, it's interesting that you bring up Bateman. Um, and we talk about Bateman again on a day he wasn't there. Um, but it, looking at the wide receiver group from yesterday and today, um, not that I'm worried about the group. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But the way that Bateman carries himself, he goes through every drill. Um, it's not flawless. Nothing in football is obviously going to be flawless, but it's it's about as good as they come. And like you say, obviously that's got to that's got to translate when pads come into play here. Um, and he has to he has to stay healthy. Um, but at the same time, you can tell that there is a. There's an alpha mentality. And I think Keith Williams, if you've ever looked at his Twitter, it kind of waxes poetic about the, the psychology and the philosophy of being a wide receiver. And, um, you know, Bateman's got that mentality. He's got that. I am I am the guy. These guys are watching me. I am the number one receiver in this offense. I'm Honestly, I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Bateman kind of looks at Mark Andrews making plays in practice. He's like, all right, buddy, just wait. Just wait till we're out there. I'm going to blow you out of the water. And it's, it's a friendly competition feel in the, in the wide receiver room. They're, they're helping each other and they're, you know, they're all hungry. So they're not really competing with each other by on a, on an, in an outward way. But I do think, you know, on the inside, Bateman is just like, look, I'm the guy. I know I'm the guy. I've known I'm the guy since I came out of Minnesota. I'm just, I, I don't think he has a lot to prove. And I think because of that, he looks so relaxed and dialed in at the same time. And again, I'm speaking more about yesterday, um, but he looks so relaxed and dialed in at the same time. Um, not that he's not taking direction and things like that, but he just, he just looks so in control of everything he's doing. So you said that you're not concerned right now about the wide receiver room. I am, I am concerned because I think they're thin and, you know, Devin Duvernay with a thigh contusion misses, what, four or five practices since. And uh, that's an indication that they've got four guys I think they can rely on, maybe three and a half, because uh, Tyler Wallace hasn't shown me anything so far in camp. I'm a little concerned about that. He's also got a history of injury uh, or history injury or injury history. And so when I think about that and I think about who they have out there, uh, Bateman was hurt last year. Prochet just as a grinder, if you ask me, he's a guy that just, he's got a swagger. He practices hard. He works hard. It seems like he puts in all the effort, but still, I think they're thin. Anybody else, um, Wallace included, anybody else from that receiver group look or stand out to you today? Yeah. So a couple guys, Jalen Moore, who stood out last preseason um, is, is just, once again, he's, he's just making plays. Um, and I don't think he's necessarily looking more spectacular than Tylen Wallace, for example. But the fact of the matter is when the ball's thrown his way, he gets open, he gets the ball, he, he makes the catch. And I think that the kind of those things, plus his contributions on special teams, um, like that he, he's working very hard on special teams. Those things are enough to make him maybe earn that fifth roster spot. Um, you know, the other guy to watch that's been talked about a little bit, Shamar Bridges. He really impresses me with his, his work ethic and his attention to detail. Um, he's really taken to special teams. Um, he is so big and long that he is just able to really, on either side of the special teams equation, just win matchups, whether he's, um, whether he's a gunner or he's, cut or he's covering or he's on the return team. He is just, um, he's just got so much length and he knows how to use it. And I think that helps him in the receiver game too. The other thing I noticed about him is one, he looks really good in his drills. He's very much, you know, I think he has an idea that T Martin, Keith Williams, they really, really know what they're talking about when it comes to wide receiver. And you can see he's hanging on every word. He was even asking for tips after what I thought was a pretty good rep. 
And then on his last rep of one drill, he was, he caught it, did fine, but was not happy with it. Asked to run it back after everyone else was done and got some more feedback from Keith Williams. And so I think those kind of things are what kind of are starting to distinguish the players from me, what they're doing when they're working with their individual coaches and what they're doing in special teams. And I think Bridges is one of the guys that stands out. Um, and you mentioned James, uh, James Prochet, and, and I can't rave enough about him. Um, he was holding today. He's, he seems to be the team's emergency holder now, I think potentially, um, something he talked about in, in the press conference, I guess they just asked him to, and he was like, Hey, it's just catching the ball, putting it on the ground. Sure. And you see, you just see him involved in as many things as he can be. Um, the other guy I want to highlight is Slade Bolden. I think he's, he's another guy who seems to be kind of getting in as many reps as he can. Uh, if there's like, you know, an extra drill, if QBs need a pair of hands to throw to, he's stepping in when he can. Um, and so I think the reason I'm not worried about this receiving core is, is twofold. Uh, one, you know, we saw what it looked like. We've seen what it, we've been watching what it looks like without Duvernay. And, um, you know, it's not perfect, but I also am not like, oh, my God, there's no one for Lamar to throw to. Bateman, obviously, that, that would be a much bigger problem if he or Andrews got injured because obviously they are kind of the top dogs. Um, but then you look just further down the depth chart, the guys that, you know, if, if you're – if what, two, three, and four on the depth chart are Proshi, Duvernay, and Wallace. My bet would be in that order. Then you've got a fifth guy plus these practice squad guys that you can, you, that you can pull from. And I think the interesting thing, like I said about the receiver mentality, is you almost want to foster that, that sense in some of these younger guys on the practice squad, that hunger. You want to you wanna starve them just a little bit because that way when they do get their shot, they are like, I'm going to make the absolute most of it. And – I also think the Ravens wide receiver coaching is doing the job. I think it's something we talked about a lot when these two guys came in. I think the first year was last year, um, Keith Williams and T Martin and talked a lot about, Oh, the impact they're going to have on the wide receiver core. And obviously the year just kind of had different plans for the Ravens in general, but you can see it this year. You can see that this team is like, okay, I know we didn't invest in our wide receivers in terms of, drafting and free agency, but we did invest in their learning and development with the coaches that we have. And I think we're going to see that come to fruition. I like your optimism. Those are really good points. I wanted to ask about the pick six today. The, mm -hmm. And before I get into the actual play, I just want to tell a little background on the story, just so that our listeners have a, an idea of what it might look like out there. You've been on the sidelines a few times watching these practices. The quarterbacks all have similar builds, similar stature. They throw differently, and you can see that when they start winding up or don't wind up. But, but they wear those black jerseys with those purple numbers, and when the sun hits it, you can barely tell who's out there playing. So I did see a tweet from Darren thinking that a throw from Lamar was had a, that um, Pepe Williams, Demarion Pepe Williams, picked off for a pick six and ended up being Tyler Huntley. But with, with those black jerseys in mind, you look around the league and you look at training camp footage on NFL Network and you see most of the quarterbacks wearing red jerseys. Ravens don't do that. And I, there's just a, a quick story. Years ago, when the Ravens, I think it was when Steve McNair was in his second season with the Ravens. Kyle Bowler's out there. You have McNair and, and maybe Troy Smith was in the mix at that point. I, I can't remember. But anyway... You had those guys out there, and they they wore the same color jersey as the rest of the the offense. Not even you know like Lamar is wearing a black jersey, but but they wore purple, same color. And the reason that those quarterbacks wear those different colors is so that 
if there is a pass rush going on, the players know to let up so that, so that you don't hit the quarterbacks. So I asked a Ravens official, why don't the Ravens dress their, <laughs> their quarterbacks in red like the rest of the league does? And he said, because our quarterbacks suck. We don't give a shit if they get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, one thing I, I can I, say. I think, I think he was only half kidding, too. <laughs> I mean, one thing I can say is, you know, the way things are in Baltimore right now, there, there is not a ton of pass rush. I mean, Odafe O is – I mean, he's blowing by Morgan Moses on a couple of plays and, and, and just looks the part. Right. And again, it is, uh, it's preseason. It's, it's the training camp. It's not even the preseason. So you don't want to get too excited, but. Right. Um, yes, you we know, don't he, know if it's, if it's uh, Odafe or if it's Morgan. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the other thing about, um, about the quarterbacks and, and you know, this interception, I think I, I, Part of it was I couldn't see who threw it from the sidelines. And I think so. I saw someone else write down that it was Lamar, but it was Huntley. And Pepe Williams had an interesting practice. And we, uh, one of the reporters asked Harbaugh about it because it was so up and down. He, he struggled a little bit in individual drills. Um, and then in the, in the seven on sevens and 11 on 11s, he was just, he was just around the ball. He was buzzing. And so I think, it's kind of a preview of what we're going to get from him. I think we're still, I think we're still working on the, you know, can he just ISO match up with, you know, NFL level receivers? Maybe not quite yet, um, but I want him on the field. I want him on the field on special teams. And I do think that he projects as a future starter for this defense, just because he's very, um, very active, no matter what's going on. And if he messes up a play, he's very, like, he knows he messed it up. He goes to take direction and, and he's coachable. And so I think the Ravens, you know, it's part of the reason why I think they were excited to pick him and, you know, and he bounced back yet. He, he struggled a little bit in individual drills early, like I said, and then later, um, you know, they're in 11 on 11s and, and he manages to sit back in his zone and undercut one of Huntley's passes, which, you know, if they were playing in a real, excuse me, a real game, I'm pretty sure he would have taken it back for six. So I, I, I think that, I think that the, you know, you always say it's, it's, oh, in, in training camp, is it, you know, the quarterback messed up or the corner or the cornerback made a really good player. Like you said, with OA and Moses, uh, is it that Moses messed up and making OA look good? It's always a little hard to tell, but I do think that seeing guys, um, you know, do one thing in individual drills and then really come back at it really hard in team drills and 11 on 11 work. Um, if it doesn't tell you something about how good they are as players, it does tell you something about their mentality and how they approach the game. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, and I like his feistiness, Pepe Williams. I, I just think that he's a scrapper. I, I think he'll get better. As you point out on the one-on-ones, that maybe is a sign that his technique needs to be refined a little bit. But he seems to have a sense for the ball because it's not his first interception this training camp. And, and I, I think he's pretty instinctive. So uh, he's a guy I, I think that'll be fun to watch come the, when the preseason games start. I, I want to ask you a little bit about a player that we talked about earlier today, along with Chris Schisler, that is Dalen Hayes. I know that Chris was pretty high on, on Dalen Hayes, and I, I'm interested on, in your thoughts on him because I don't share those that opinion with Chris. I know beauty's in the eye of the beholder, and I haven't seen much for, from Dalen. I'm just wondering what you've seen and what you may have seen today. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking, and I, I was trying to watch the edge guys today. Um, I will say it looked like Chuck Wiley had a pretty good day 
Um, other than OA, I think Chuck Wiley and Houston also had had a really good game, a really good day. Um, Hayes, it's it's tough because I think they're asking him to play to do more than just line up off the edge and rush. I think they are trying to move him a little bit more into that Sam role that Tyus Bowser plays. And obviously, Bowser is such a versatile player that he he did so many things for this team, and it, it hurts not to have him. And so I think, you know, you think about Dalen Hayes had a impressive preseason last year and then kind of a lost rookie season. Um, He's, he's kind of in a tough position where he's not, he's not really a vet, but he's not really a, or he's not really a rookie, but he's not really a, you know, a second year player quite yet either. And so I think two things, one, I think when he's put in pure pass rush situations, he will, he, he, he'll flash a little bit more. Um, I think it's hard for him to flash when, you know, in 11 on 11s, when he's playing the Sam role and he's doing a lot of things. Um, but when he's in pure pass rush situations, he looks at least sharp. He may not always be completely beating his man and, and finishing the play, but he looks sharp. I just am not certain that he is the third pass rusher on a t- on a playoff team um, right now. I think that Houston and Oway are clearly the one and two. And if Hayes is the third guy, um, maybe we can make that work until Bowser gets back. But it is going to be tough unless he really shows something different. Um, and I think Chris's optimism, while founded in certainly a really solid preseason and, and a solid history of play at Notre Dame, I do think that you got to see Hayes bring just more intensity, I feel like, to practices. And, and hopefully that translates in the games when the pads are on. And, you know, I don't think he is necessarily on the roster bubble in any sense um, because of their lack of depth at the edge position. Um, but I do think that he's going to have to earn his snaps with guys like Stephen Means, Chuck Wiley, and um, uh, Jeremiah Moon also kind of – there they are on the bubble. And you can tell, especially Moon and Wiley, are working their – butts off to try and make this team. And they know there's an opportunity there, kind of like the wide receivers. And while I don't think Hayes has any shot of not making the team, I do think it's possible he gets beat by one of the undrafted guys if he doesn't flash enough in the preseason. Did you notice anything unusual or anything surprising happen that maybe caught your attention out there today? Uh, I mean, Justin Tucker missing a 45, 46-yarder earlier in practice was pretty surprising. To see the to see the ref signal no good, um, which I think is why Harbaugh let him have another chance at it later to end the practice. Um, I mentioned Proche holding. Um, you know, one thing that I don't know if it necessarily surprised me, but it was cool to see was just the pure attention to detail that Nick Moore, Jordan Stout, and Justin Tucker have um, when they're working on special teams. I think that 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 unit is going to be really good again this year, um, even though we we did lose Sam Cook to retirement, um, and just the way that. You know, Tucker's the leader of that group. Stout is very clearly asking questions. Nick Moore was holding at one point to try and show something to Jordan Stout about how he was snapping the ball. Things like that are just really interesting to watch kind of off to the side while, you know, there are other maybe more uh, interesting things offense defensive wise going on. Um, nothing that was super, I would say, surprising um, that, that, you know, surprised me, something I hadn't seen before, though. You know, when you uh, two things on the holding. Number one, you mentioned Prochet was kind of tinkering around as a, a backup holder. I don't know if you've ever seen him throw a football, but uh, I saw him throw a ball from 50 yards away and hit the goalpost. Oh, he can pass. He's got an arm. He does. He's he's an athlete. He's he's just uh, he's one of those guys, you know, that kind of has it all. I, my my guess is if they got on a basketball court, he'd be one of the best basketball players out there too. He's just that well, kind of athlete. Yeah, he actually he's the one who bought a. Uh... 
a mini basketball hoop for the locker room that they all play on now. Um, I don't think anyone was willing to admit that he's the best, but I'd probably agree with you. He's probably the best. <laughs> so I did want to ask you uh, from what do you hope to see going forward? Like no, something that hasn't happened so far in your, in your mind from the reports you've read from the time you've been out there, what hasn't happened that you think that team needs to accomplish? It's, it's pass rush. Um, and, and I think the limitations on the edge, we know. And I think seeing, seeing Odafe Owe just absolutely come screaming off the edge every play has me feeling a lot better about just our, our basic ability to get to the quarterback. I, I do think that he is going to have a double-digit kind of sack year. I think he's going to have um, a breakout campaign. And I do think that Justin Houston may not be a, you know, I don't know, 40 to 60 snap up a game kind of player. But when you ask Justin Houston to get the job done on third and long, I think Justin Houston's going to get the job done, but you're so thin. And this is very apparent with the backups when you're rotating in the second team. And the other thing that I'd like to see more of in terms of pass rush is the interior pass rush. The defensive line has looked really, really good against the run. I think the Ravens are probably going to be, I mean, they all, they are almost every year, but I think once again, we're looking at a top three, top five rushing defense. Um, Brent urban has just been, Brett Urban is this year's Pernell McPhee, as far as I'm concerned. He, he is the returning vet that is just a leader on the defensive side and playing really well. Um, but I'm not seeing them break through the middle of the offensive line in, in passing situations. And while that's good on one, on one hand, that Lamar is protected, even when it's Pat Ricari in there instead of Tyler Linderbaum, you also would love to see some of this interior pass rushing game wrecking talent that we, that we hear about, you know, we hear about, um, you know, Matabuke and Campbell. Uh, we hear about Travis Jones and Michael Pierce, you know, mixing in a little bit and it's not popping. And, you know, that might be because, you know, they're not fully padded yet. They're not doing all the things in the trenches the way they normally would potentially. But I will say that um, lack of edge rush can only be made up for by two things, absolutely lights out coverage um, or just uh, getting pressure on the interior. And while, I think coverage has looked pretty solid so far. Nothing, no horrible lapses, um, nothing spectacular either. I don't think that the Ravens are quite a blanket you enough team to withstand having virtually no pass rush. So I think in terms of what I'm looking for going forward, it's really, and not even on the edge, I really think it is going to be seeing what these guys on the interior can do. I want to get from you what your thoughts are on the biggest surprise of camp in a positive way and the biggest surprise of camp so far through now nine practices in a negative way. Yeah. So surprise in a positive way. I mean, I think one surprise I already kind of said was how confident I am about the wide receiving group um, about, and not just wide receiving group about Lamar Jackson's pass catching targets. I think Mark Andrews had like, I don't know, half a dozen catches today. And Isaiah likely is, like I said this morning, he is as advertised. He is going to be a, an impactful player on this offense. And so I was actually surprised to see likely live up to the hype. I thought the hype was going to be too much. Um, and he, it was not. He, he is he is a very good player. And so um, I'd say that's one surprise. I think the other surprise is um, how kind of messy this running back group is because they're all, I think I would say they're all, kind of similar in a certain extent. I think Mike Davis has a little bit more of that power back 
big beefy quads in him than the other guys, but him, Justice Hill and Corey Clement and Nate McCrary, uh, they're all pretty similar. And it's, it's not very clear which one is distinguishing themselves other than Hill in the pass catching game. Um, and then you have Tyler Beatty who just seems to be popping, seems to be the fastest guy every time his hands, he, he gets his hands on the ball. And, and it was a little bit surprising to see, um, I guess how messy it is. And again, it's early. You don't have pads on. It's a lot harder to, to have an idea of what your running back situation is going to be like. Um, but I'm very curious to see if they go with a true committee approach early on, or if they really turn the keys over um, to, you know, say Beatty or Hill early on, just say, Hey, until Gus and Edwards are back a hundred, this is, you know, this is your running game. Um, and I would say surprise, surprise in a bad respect. Um, trying to think that I'd say one surprise in a bad respect is the, the inside linebacking group. I think it's a really tough group to, to watch during camp. It is tough to, to see their impact during camp. Like I said, without pads, but I will say that uh, there's a lot of excitement about guys like Jacoby McClain and Josh Ross potentially doing really well, earning a second uh, inside, earning that second inside linebacker spot. Um, Malik Harrison has gotten a lot of buzz as well, but I'm not really like locked in on, you know, any one guy earning that, that inside linebacker spot next to Patrick queen. And I think I was kind of, um, you know, kind of surprised to not see them getting as much of an emphasis because I do think that's one of the, you know, one of the spots on the defense that is most up in the air. And so I was kind of surprised to not see that position getting as much emphasis um, in terms of work in practice. Yeah. I'll give you my surprises, both good and bad, but I, I did want to comment on the inside linebacker spot. I think when Josh Bynes was introduced to the mix last year, it really elevated, Patrick Queen's play. So I would be really surprised if that isn't the interior one, two punch, but I also think because they've got a few Swiss army knives on that defense in the form of Chuck Clark and Kyle Hamilton and Brandon Stevens, that you might see situations where those guys in, in passing situations are playing down in the box and covering tight ends and whatnot. So it, it's going to be fun to watch. And, and I'm sure the Ravens aren't going to show anything until the regular season comes around, but uh, as far as my surprises, good and bad, I, I agree with you. Isaiah likely, you know, he's coming from Coastal Carolina. It's not like it's Alabama or a SEC school or anything like that. He's coming from Coastal Carolina, and he does not even look like he's blinking at being a professional now. He's just – he's doing it every day. And I can't even recall, Nikhil, if he's dropped a pass, even in one-on-ones. It's just he, – he's been – Talk about stacking practices. That's the guy who, in my opinion, has stacked them the most consistently. Mm -hmm. As for the bad, I'm going to give that so far to Tyler Huntley because he seemed to really have some momentum going last year during camp, got an opportunity to play because of Lamar's injury. And I don't think he looked great, but he looked decent and looked like he was a guy that could build upon his experiences last year. I get that, that arm, man, that arm, the reads are good. The progressions I feel good about. Um, it's not super easy to see his footwork when they're doing 11 on 11s, but it doesn't look like anything really dramatically bad is going on. It's just, he just does not have the zip on his passes that you're really looking for that, that he needs if he's going to take another step to being a starter in this league one day, he just, he's just gotta get that arm where it needs to be. And, and, you know, I don't know exactly, I definitely don't know quarterback mechanics well enough to, to say, um, but there is a pretty noticeable drop off when it comes to Lamar and the other quarterbacks and Huntley is closer to your Brett Huntley and Anthony Brown than he is to Lamar Jackson. 
which kind of makes sense given how good Lamar Jackson is. But like you said, you'd really like to see Huntley make a, like make just a stronger impression during camp right now. Um, because the other side, the flip side of this is yes, as important as developing chemistry with Lamar Jackson is for these young receivers trying to get a roster spot. I've really liked how they've rotated. Um, they've rotated a lot of guys to get reps with Jackson. Huntley is the guy throwing the ball majority of the time to a lot of these guys competing for the team. And I don't think it always gives them the best shot to make a play and look good when, when he's late on passes or his, there's too much air under the ball. I mean, there are a couple pretty bad underthrows today. Um, I think one or two from Huntley and I think another from Anthony Brown. And it's tough because you really want to see these receivers be put in an opportunity to flash and succeed. And um, you know, I, I agree. I think, I think Huntley's that, that arm, man, just it, it gets me a little bit because everything else looks really good. Yeah, I know that John Harbaugh said he was on a little bit of a pitch count early on because he had a little bit of tendonitis in that throwing shoulder. And, and to me, his his delivery has changed a little bit. I thought he got it out more quickly last year, and and it's more of a windup. Uh, I think he's closer to like a delivery like Anthony Brown than he was to Tyler Huntley 2021. So. Uh, maybe that injury does have something in play, but I, I've also noticed that he's been frustrated at times with his receivers, visibly frustrated. And I don't recall that happening last year either. So uh, there, there's something that isn't positive going on. I hope it corrects itself and that he's back to where he was in 2021. Cause right now, uh, as you said, the difference between Lamar and, and those other three guys, it's like falling off a cliff. It, it's just, yeah, it's, it's huge. So, yeah, maybe well, Huntley can pick up some pointers from Adam Dado, who's Lamar's private QB, who's who's been at camp a few times. Yeah, don't you find that to be interesting? That, that guy's around, and, and like, what is James Urban doing? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think one thing is um, I, I like James Urban. This is nothing against James Urban, but I, I do think that the kind of new age of of, of NFL quarterbacks is is kind of being guided by Dado with a lot of the training that he does, and I forget what his partner's name is, Tom House, I think who's a former pitching coach actually, who now works with um, works with quarterbacks um, at their, I think it's called 3D QB or whatever it's called. You know, I think it's two things. One, it's a little bit of a, all the branch to Lamar. It's a, Hey, you want your private QB coach to come? Come on. Sure. You, you know, you're a franchise QB. Absolutely. If it's something that's good for you, it's good for the team. Um, I, I also think that it, keeps James it gives James Urban the chance to obviously work with the other QBs um, and, and kind of focus on the younger guys because Lamar is at that stage in his development where it is not you know making the right reads and progressions and, and, and having your footwork it is really really fine-grained things that he's working on in his development now it is you know which not just which which shoulder am I going to put this over but do I want this ball to fall close to their body or do they want the, do I want them to have to reach out a little bit to grab it depending on where the defender is I think those are the things that Lamar is starting to work on and they're showing up in practice I would definitely say his ball placement looks pretty dang good um, but I think that's part of the reason why Dodeau's there is because if if Lamar wants to go from Lamar Jackson 2019 MVP to Lamar Jackson number one quarterback in the NFL, um, it, it's going to be those tiny things, those tiny things that guys like Mahomes and, and Rodgers and Brady have done for years that set them apart. Um, and I think that that's part of the reason why the Ravens are like, okay, come on, the, the more the merrier. It certainly can't hurt. So. Good stuff, Nikhil. Now, I just uh, before I, I ask you one final question, I just want to remind our listeners that Camp Notes are brought to you by 
Panacea Life Sciences, discover the healing power of CBD products. Shop at PanaceaLife.com. That's P-A-N-A-C-E-A-Life.com. Use code RSR checkout and get a 30% discount. So my last question for you is, there's been some buzz in Jets camp about how good Joe Flacco looks. (laughs) And do you think that, who would you rather have the incumbent What's the guy's name? I forget. It just escaped me. He's Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Yeah, the the guy. <laughs> oh, by the way, I saw a funny meme about Zach Wilson that if Joe Flacco <laughs> ends up being the starter, his his mother better watch out. <laughs> yeah, something like a fake quote from Zach Wilson saying, "Interesting that Joe Flacco wants to take my starting job when his wife is still a crisp thirty-seven years old." Something like that. <laughs> Anyway, my point being, who would you rather face, Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco in the opener? God, who would I rather face? Who would you rather have, have the Ravens face? Yeah, no, I know what you mean because it's it's tough because I think about it from a perspective of 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 strategy. Who would I rather face versus fan? As a fan, I'd obviously rather face Flacco. It'd be so much fun. My God, um, strategy wise. It's tough because I think it depends on if you're a Zach Wilson truther or not. I personally am not a Zach Wilson truther. I think he is he is a lot of really, really good athletic traits. He's got a hell of an arm. Um, but I just don't see him being a, a Pro Bowl quarterback. And again, I hope I'm wrong. This is nothing against Zach Wilson. Um, Ron always gives me a hard time because I like to cheer everyone in the NFL on. And I do love to see Zach Wilson succeed. But I think the issues that you saw him have last year are not necessarily ones that are going to be rectified by the investments that the Jets made this year. Yes, he has some, he'll probably have some more consistent pass, consistent pass catchers for sure. Um, they didn't do a great job really upgrading the offensive line. It's more a hope that Makai Becton comes back fully. Um, but I think at the end of the day, Wilson's the guy who tries to use his arm to bail him out of situations. And I just don't think that that is something he's going to be very successful in. Um, you know, at, at BYU, the, some of the buzz about him was ability to extend plays and use that arm. And that just doesn't work as easily as, as it does in college in the NFL. And so I think if I'm playing the Jets week one, um, I think I'd rather go feast on Zach Wilson. I also think the other thing is, Wilson, you're either going to feast on or he's going to put up a solid performance against your defense and you're going to you're going to learn something. It's going to be a good test. I'm not sure I see. And again, I haven't been at Jets camp, but I'm not sure I see Flacco necessarily doing one or the other. I don't really see him throwing three picks against the Ravens in week one. I don't really see him throwing three touchdowns against the Ravens in week one. And so I think if you're if you're looking for. um I don't know, a more interesting set of outcomes, a quarterback that's a little bit more familiar or a little bit closer to what the rest of the league is trying to do right now. Um, I think you're better off facing Zach Wilson, both in terms of winning the game and just, you know, these are the kinds of quarterbacks that are dominating today's game. Big arm, can kind of move, and they're looking downfield for big plays all the time. Nikhil, good stuff. Thank you. Stay cool. Stay safe. Have a terrific weekend. And uh, thanks so much for being out there embracing the grind. Thanks for listening to Camp Notes on Word on the Street. And please be sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. We'll talk to you soon.